Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1, O-U-T-D-O-O-R, and the number one. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Tonight, it is Andrew and Paul, and Paul is on his road show again. Paul, where are you headed this time? I am headed to eastern Pennsylvania, Allentown, PA, meeting with some guys from the NWTF tomorrow. I've got uh, a two-day hunt uh, in PA that I'm doing, and then I am headed to Fort Wayne, Indiana to raise some money for the Indiana Department of Natural Resources, and then months, I am done. I'm done traveling. I am. I am Bring going to turkey hunt. Bring it on turkey home, hunt big dog. You. Bring it on yes, home. Yes, man. I'll tell you what. I, I I don't know how guys like Dave Owens does it. I counted the states that I've been in this spring. I've been in 17 states, and that's it. I haven't even hunted in all those. That's just driving and visiting with people and, and meetings or whatever the hell it is. Dave Owens is like like he's hunting like 25 states a year, hunting public guys, Parker McDonald. All over the country hunting turkeys. One, kind of jealous. Two, not really that jealous. Like, man, I am exhausted. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hunt with my buddies. I'm ready to hang out with my kids, hang out with my wife. And so you and I, start, cool, we man. started, we started together uh, this this turkey season, and it looks like we might end together. And I don't think we hunted anywhere in between. So um. no, we didn't. Yeah, no, we were, we were out on opening day, and 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 by God, we'll be out on the last day of the year. So well. Let's get, we'll get some business done here real quick, and then we're going to get into, uh, you're going to hear how me and Paul fail, but then we got a couple uh, guests that are going to tell you on how they succeeded. So uh, first yeah. of all, go wild, send it slam, July 9th, 3D archery shoot competition, full lineup of Kentucky musicians, local food trucks, breweries, lots of stuff for the kiddos. Let's see. Um, down there in Louisville. So go to time to go wild.com. I think you click on the stories tab and it's the first thing that pops up there. Uh, you can register online and get all set up there. It's going to be a good time. I know it. Talk to those guys. Uh, looks to be legit. And then if you're not familiar with go wild, which you probably are at this point because they seem to be everywhere. It's your online social media area. Uh, not going to get censored. They post stuff. You're going to find friends. Very positive group uh, when it comes to encouragement, answers questions. They've got their shopping platform. Uh, this is this is the space for the outdoors folk. So uh, check it out if you haven't. Time to go wild. Uh, .com is their website. And yeah. Do you know what you can buy on Go Wild, Andrew? Mm. Uh, a tethered saddle system a tethered saddle system there you go or you can also go to tetherednation.com buy your saddle system i've talked about it man i'm looking forward to getting that thing so i am i am 
almost under 270 pounds. I'm almost there. I feel like if I can get to 250, that's like a good number for being in a, in a, in a tree saddle. So yep. looking forward to it, man. Can't, can't wait. Now's, so. now's the time on the saddle stuff. And then, uh, yep. hell yeah, man. Absolutely. So, um, let's see what else do we have here? Well, shout out to, to the guys over at first light, um, uh, for their support. And obviously I'm, uh, you ever want to talk clothes? I'll talk to talk all day about those with you. So, uh, so Brian Hall, who we're going to hear from uh, later in this episode, you and him went on a hunt together, and he sent or he put it. He, he tagged me in a picture on Go Wild of you, uh, in just like in in your turkey setup, dude. I I've looked at that picture a hundred times. I still cannot find you in that picture in your first light specter stuff. You, I, I I I cannot find it. Cannot find it. Well, the turkeys couldn't find me either. Uh, but yeah. then in the end, maybe I couldn't see them. So, no, that was pretty. That was pretty cool. Yeah, good stuff. So, um, one more thing to throw out here is the archery hike uh, that we've got going on, and it is July fifteenth to seventeenth down in the Hocking Hills. It is archeryhike.com. Pretty easy to remember if you want to check that out. So it's the going to be the weekend after Send It Slam. Another opportunity, um, they got one day, two day, three day hiking passes available. Uh, very, very cool. Kind of a grassroots little uh, event put on there by a friend, Justin Ross. <coughs> there from Hunters and Farmers and Hunters Feeding Farmers the Hungry. Farmers and Hunters Feeding the Hungry. Yeah, kid-friendly kid event, family-friendly event. Going to be a lot of stuff to, to do there. So, And, months. what's the best part of the event? The best part? It's not raising money for charity. It's not being in the outdoors. It's you get to meet you and I. That, my friend. <laughs> I'm, I'm totally kidding. That's going to be, you'll see how bad I am with the bow. That's that's the best part. That'll be fun. Talk about, talk about everyone laughing at me. Yeah. I'm going to buy a bow sight for me now and then. So what <laughs> I'll do is I'll buy the, I'll buy the bow sight literally the night before the archery, archery event. And then I'll put it on. Like as we're on our way to Louisville, I'll put on the bow sight. Can you and, can and you figure use it a, out while I'm there? So. Can you use a crossbow in in these events? I don't know, man. I have no idea. I'm just as bad with one of those, probably. So, I, I'm I'm my confidence is shook, man. With 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 my aiming. I mean, I I, I missed that turkey in Kentucky. Spoiler alert. Um, I'm I'm shook up, dude. Why don't shook. Get, up. Why don't we get into that? Let's go ahead and we'll start about talk about our. Uh, last couple weeks here uh let's see when we recorded last i feel week. i feel i feel bad i've missed so many episodes you've been holding the fort down man oh it's all good we it's team so you team were effort. you were uh you ran out of kentucky there for a couple of days tell us about that just give us a i did time. yeah I, yeah man I, w- I went down and uh i i met uh met with brad latrell from from go wild which was awesome and then and then Derek from Go Wild, who uh, who was on our our episode for the uh, fly fishing, was was gracious enough to to put me up in his house for for a night or for two nights. And we went out and and hunted, and I had a blast, man, at this at his family farm. Unbelievable piece of property. Birds were like they were pretty cooperative. Um, we had a couple. We had, we had a, a really good time and. He was gobbling on the limb, flew down into a, into one of these hay pastures, and he was on the other other property line, and um, he was probably 350 yards. So so 
you know, we get, we get set up and we can't get a decoy out in the field or anything like this, you know, this turkey's going to spot us. And he flies over and he covers, he covers 350 yards or 300 yards rather, uh, and probably 20 minutes. And what was really funny, there was like this red winged blackbird that kept dive bombing him as he was coming across the field. So he'd like puff up and strut up every time this bird would, would dive bomb him. It was, it was, it was pretty fun. I had to stop looking at it because I was starting to get nervous because of how big he was. But months when you know, man, this turkey gets to like 70 yards, doesn't see a hen, doesn't, you know, and, and never gobbled while he was coming through the field. And we didn't, you know, Derek didn't call. Uh, you know, maybe once when this turkey went out of view, man, he, he hard right, goes up the field, uh, gets into the woods. And as soon as he hits that wood line, it's just like, pow, pow. He gobbles like four times really fast. And so we move and try to try to find him. Never, never, never ran into him. Um, so we, you know, we, we putts around, we get into another, another field and, you know, like as hunters, like you, you're always so nervous about moving and you're always so nervous about like making sound. You don't want to scare the game, you know, the animals. And so Derek and I are sitting, you know, in this field, we were there for like an hour, you know, we're kind of hungry. Both of us have our face masks down. We're sitting on the ground. We, you know, 20 minutes before we had called, um, just real quick, I called on a slate call and, I was eating. Derek was eating. We were talking as loud as you and I are talking right now. And we hear pop, pop, pop. We hear this turkey. And I look over Derek's shoulder and there was a hen 15 feet behind him. And he puts, he puts his mouth call in and starts yelping at this hen. And she walks out. Like she runs into the woods right at him. And it's like less than 10 feet from him. Not, I mean, he is staring right at this hen. No mask. I'm laughing. Because this hen is just raising hell, bitching her ass off. And Derek was just blah, 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 like cutting her off. And she, oh man, it was hilarious. But she, she hung around for probably 35, 40 minutes, never brought a Tom in with her. Um, fast forward to uh, Heartbreak City, Kentucky version. Had a lot of that this year, months. Um, late, late night hunt, evening hunt, right before fly down, birds are in the field, a uh, bunch of hens. And this, this Tom comes in or Jake bird comes in and it was a huge Jake. So, I mean, this, it was a big Turkey, um, but like smallish beard, <coughs> excuse me. And, uh, he gets to, he was 46 yards away. We ranged it after the fact, but he, he, he covered 70 or 80 yards in about 10 seconds. And he came into my right and Derek was to my right. And when I went to, I didn't want, I didn't want to just stay on my beat and just turn my body and, and cut Derek off. Um, and, you know, just pound him in the face with my shotgun. So I like leaned forward. And when I did that, I just didn't, I mean, this, the tree was starting to spook. So he, like he had turned and was starting to like, like you could tell he was starting to spook. And man, I just shot right over his head and he jumped, hit the ground and like stopped. And I, I, I fired another $15 round of TSS down range, $30 at one Turkey. And, uh, he just runs, flies into the woods, and, and and that was it, man. So I, uh, I, I, the next day, I went out to a public piece of property by myself. Met some awesome kids. It was their first. One of them is his first time hunting ever. Uh, Archer was his name. Uh, they said they would listen months. So we'll see, Archer. I hope you got turkey, man. His buddy, I can't remember his name. Sorry, dude. Uh, good, good kids, man. Um, it was his the other the other fellow is his like third time hunting. It was just good to see good to see people getting in the woods and they asked a lot of questions and and I, I felt bad because that day I heard so many turkeys uh, and they didn't hear anything. 
I mean, they, and they were just, they just that, you know, that day, like they were on the wrong side, wrong side of the fence, so to speak. But it was cool, man. Um, so we'll go in cr- chronological order, Kentucky and then your trip. What happened with you, man? You had, you had some fun. Yeah. So, I mean, I've only, this is only the, what, second or third year. I guess it's the second real spring of, for me, hunting turkeys. And it was, uh, it was eventful. So I had, I had that lottery win up there at Kildare Plains. And uh, I'd suggest that anybody wants to apply next time, go around, go for it. It was a, Kildare Plains is an interesting area. I hadn't ever really been there, but um, it's a wildlife mecca surrounded by a lot of agriculture. And we joked that every time we drove in and out in the dark, um, it was like you were playing Big Buck Hunter because of the deer that were running across the road. It was nonstop. I mean, there were so many deer up there. Uh, it so was, is killed deer in the CWD zone? It is. It is. And I, okay. I've i got a lot of questions about that, okay? Um, yeah. And I, I'm going to work on that. Maybe we'll get an episode out of that. But the, I mean, the one morning, I bet we saw 50 deer before 8 o'clock, 8.30. I mean, it was incredible. So, but anyways, beautiful property. Uh we had one one of the units, and for a couple of days we we camped. I'm trying to think how this worked out. We were on turkeys the first morning. I thought, oh my god, we're gonna kill a bird at 7:30 and be able to crack a beer by 10 and camp for a day or two and go fishing. There's a pond, and everything. Of course, that don't count your chickens or your turkeys in this case before they hatch. But um, in in came the hen, and I'm trying to think. Brian and I were set up near enough to each other i had a beautiful look at this field and i thought that they were going to work their way out there what do i know but um this hen came coming through the woods and she had a couple jakes i think that were following her behind and she uh they got hung up but we did the old uh she was probably the boss hen because we were calling over top of her man and she got pissed and she was like coming in looking for a fight um but those two Jakes, they got, I don't know what happened. We didn't have any decoys set up there. I actually had one in the field, but it didn't really do any good. Um, so, whatever. Uh, after that, we, that day, I'm trying to think. The time kind of blurs together. We went back for the afternoon, tried to roost them. Um, I think we were close. I didn't see them go up in the roost, but the next morning went down, and they only had to have been 100 yards from where where we were set up so they were just down in the south a little bit more so that morning we got them out of the tree again they worked out into this big field so we didn't see them until about eight o'clock then i go over and take a peek out in this big field where there's seven of them uh, out there so we kind of did this you know maneuver we we're going to try to cut them off and i don't know if something spooked them if we spooked them i highly doubt it because we were 500 yards away th- through as we were moving through the woods and all that but I'll tell you what, we saw coyotes daylight all three days we were out there. So who knows what were they, they coming into your were, were they coming into your calls, the coyotes? I don't think so. Um okay. maybe on one one of the occasions, but the other times I wasn't even calling. Uh just see them creeping along through this tall grass. Like I said though, it was a wildlife mecca. So I saw tons of raccoons. We get into that nest predator talk. Um I watched uh raccoon do a, a rope climb up a grapevine one morning right in front of me i mean those things were everywhere so uh but anywho so the seven of them they spooked and were gone that day 
came back in the evening, roosted them perfect, okay? So perfect, <laughs> too perfect. And the next morning, so this is the last morning we're going out, we get set up, and, and where we, we're, we we think we're about 100 yards from where we roosted them. Hit the alcohol a couple times. All right, got a few gobbles. Every morning we're getting gobbles off that, so I love that alcohol. But uh, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I can't remember what time it was. It was like six oh five, I think. I hear this like thirty five yards from me up in the tree, and I realize at the very top, it sounded like you with the mouth call in. So maybe that mouth call oh, will, nice. work, will work, Paul. But the uh, it's I, there's a Jake at the top of this tree and he can't gobble. He's, you know, just didn't, it was a very special gobble, and uh, so I got to watch him fly out of the tree. Uh, watch a few of the other ones, the hens fly down. We were we were too, I don't know if we were too close or not. I don't think we spooked him. Had he he flew to the east, if he had flown to the west, he would have been in Brian's lap. So, you know, is it one of those things we just and I don't know. Should we have called more to get him to come in? But by that point, man, you talked about these guys that hunt turkeys professionally. Is that what you call it? Uh, for a living. And I was worn out, man, of turkey hunting is you're up real early, right? And, again, I'm still learning, so don't hold it against me. This is the uh, stories of a, of a beginner. But uh, you're up way early, and then you're up late at night, right? So, like, in the deer woods, yeah, you got to get up early, but it's basically the shortest day of the year. Here you're teetering on the longest day of the year, and that can make for a long day, uh, especially if you're trying to do that day in and day out. So kudos to all you turkey hunters out there. So, but add, the- add like an add an hour drive back home. You know, if you're hunting public or private property that's far from home. So that's yeah, man. It's uh, it, take take it out of you for sure. Yep. So all that said, it was uh, I learned a lot, right? And I think that's important um, not to get super like philosophical or whatever but you know you go out to learn stuff in the woods i saw birds get roost or you know roosted birds and saw them fly out of the roost and i i watched a lot of how they work and and different things like that so maybe if i had had another day it could have happened but if not you know we still we start to learn something yeah yeah all right that's all that's always fun man i always try to take take something out of those those tough days so um i too won a lottery hunt um up north northern part of the state me and me and my buddy justin rush went up there justin has never turkey hunted just got into hunting last year uh deer duck and 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 so this was this was his first experience with turkeys we go to our little zone we get set up it's five in the morning and you know half hour 45 minutes later i'll hoot Boom, gobble. Uh, I mean, you could clap your hands and they would probably have gobbled. I mean, you could have hollered, they would have gobbled. I mean, there was like five or six gobblers around us. And I mean, they are close. And we're on the wood line. There's this real nice, like tiny little field that's uh, that's surrounded by pines and, and mixed hardwoods. And I'm thinking to myself, like, you, you know, a, lo- a lot of these hunts I've been on this year, I'm kind of like the second shooter. And, I, you know, I, I want Justin to get, you know, to shoot turkey before I do. And I'm like, this dude's going to hunt for an hour and a half and kill his first turkey. Like, th- that's how confident I was this was going to happen. And so these birds hit the ground and they're like, they're working in 
uh, you know, I mean, because they're goblin nonstop. We had a couple that faded away, but they're like two or three off to our left that were coming in hard, and they were goblin, man. And uh, I hadn't called much at all. And it was just, it was just hen city after that. I mean, they were aggressive. They were cutting. They were yelping at everything. And, man, you can just hear them. And those, those toms, like, you just hear them meet up. And there was just total silence after that. And so we ended up getting on a bird maybe an hour later after after things kind of settled down, got on a bird. Um, never never really – I mean, because we, we had gone in completely blind. I mean, it's hard to, like, understand a property just from Monax. I mean, I'm sure there are guys who are, like, way more skilled at that stuff than I am. I got to see it once. You know what I mean? Just to understand the terrain and, like, how things work and, what you know. And Onyx, like, it doesn't always mean, you know – some of it's uh, some of those maps I think are a little dated, but um, first morning, awesome. We hunted, you know, we're on turkeys most of the day. Um, went back, had lunch, came back out in the afternoon, and you know, we're sitting up. And I mean, it's just hen, 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 hen. Oh my god, there's a tom. And so at one point, there was this tom, he was in the field. He had three hens with him, uh, and they were they were kind of far. Yeah, you know, they they were 100, 150 yards away, kind of down a swell. I know they could see our decoy. They heard my calling because the tom would turn around and he would look at us every time I would call. You know, over the hour that that we watched these birds, and I called, and 20 feet to my right. Or not 20, 20 yards to my right, 10 feet in from the wood line or from the field edge that we're in, boom, gobble. And I'm like, perfect. This is how, I mean, this is it. Like, safety's off. Like, in my mind, I'm already, like, doing the video that I'm going to send to you guys and all this shit. Like, I'm ready, man. I'm going to kill this turkey and, and let's roll. Dude, this turkey goes, like, 100 yards around the edge of the field. Like, you can, I can hear him walking. Gobbles again, gets to, like, the far edge comes into this field, like comes up to the top ridge and he can finally see this other Tom with four hens. And for the first time in my life, I saw two Toms fight. And so this big turret, so there's one that's like, he's clearly, I mean, he's like 10, 11 inch beard. The other guy's like six inch beard. Like there's, there's a size difference in beards. It's definitely not a Jake. It's just a smaller, smaller bird. And this big son bitch comes, I mean, full sprint full sprint as fast as he could and jumps on this turkey the hens are like running in circles and they're like pecking the two toms as they're fighting and i was awesome and so you know we watch so this this other tom like runs off into the woods and like he slowly comes out you know tail feathers down between his legs the other big dudes strutting around like he's the the, the boss and we watch these turkeys for like three hours they never responded. The hens never, they never got more than like, like 85 yards. Um, they never, they never came up. They never, they clearly saw the decoy. They could hear the calling. It's a field. Like, you know, I, I can, if, if I had a deer slug, it's a dead turkey. You know, I'm kidding. That might get shoot a turkey with a deer slug, but you get the point. So they start moving to this other field. We try to cut them off and they had gone up a little farther. It didn't, didn't work, but we watched them walk, you know, fly up into the roost and, um, kind of the same thing man they come out this morning we didn't see the big time he gobbled once or twice in the woods but hit the ground with the hens but this smaller you know six inch beard boy he comes out on the top of this ridge and we had set like i watched him walk in and like you we could hear him gobble 
and, and we knew where the hens were. So I set up like in between the the hens and the and the tom. And I'm hoping that like at some point they're going to intermingle in front of us. You know, if they if they fly out to the woods or into the field, which they flew in like right behind us. I and mean, we were pretty close, but dude, this tom, this small tom, he would never come off this ridge. I mean, he was a hundred yards away, never gobbled. He would strut every once in a while and he was just drilling holes into the decoy and he stayed in the same spot for, and did not move for probably 20 minutes and just stood there and stared at us and in our, in our decoy. And so I don't know if that other bigger Tom was still around and just, he knew that he was just going to get his ass beat if he came out into that field, but he never came off that Ridge. Um, so finally he, he fades away and we, and, and we circle him and try to, and try to get on him, but he's not goblin. I mean, and we can't find him. So, I had to get out of there to get on my trip to Pennsylvania. So, so we're leaving and months when, you know, right around the field, right on the corner, half mile down the road, two toms in the field, full strut with one more time with one more in our, in our zone. So I'm like, dude, we're hunting these turkeys. So we pull off at the next parking spot. We get all our stuff back on and, and it takes us a while. You know, like I don't want to bump these birds. Like they're just standing there. And we're like, Justin and I like, like literally crawling through this drainage ditch. Right. And I'm like, dude, I feel like this is one of those, like, uh, like Northwoods law where they set up like the moose decoy and some dumb bastard, like, like comes up and shoots the decoy. And then the game wardens go out and get them. I was like, man, I was like, we're, we're like, someone's watching us right now. And no, no one was. So, so we crawl out and I pop up, I'm looking, I don't see anything. I'm like, son of a bitch, man. Like, then there's no way that we scared these turkeys. Right. So we, we go back, we just walk back. And, and so the field across from us was like lower. So we couldn't see, I get in my truck and I'm like, you know what? I just want to drive down. I'm going to see if we can see him like some, because there's these massive fields. Dude, they were 50 yards off of the, off of the road on the other side in the zone that we can't hunt. And I'm just like, you know what? We're going home. Had enough. Screw these turkeys. Y'all win. I'll see you next year. So. It was cool, man. I mean, it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. I mean, like, there's not there's not been a lot of pressure on these turkeys for decades, and it showed. Um, but they were just those hens, man. I mean, we're talking like we're we're almost to the end of the season, and these toms had hens with them literally from the moment they hit the ground until the moment they flew up in the tree. Could just be the late the entire, late spring. I you know I'm it ha- it's something. Yeah. And like those hens, like the, we never, I mean, like I said, we, we watched those turkeys at some point for six hours on the first day. I just, and think- the, the, those hens, those hens never went to the nest. Never. Not once did they break away. They were with those toms literally the entire time. I think it's funny how, I think the terms anthropomorphize, um, how, how we try to give human intellect to these animals okay and you why won't it come no. off the ridge why won't he come to the decoys why don't like they're wild animals right like it doesn't matter we sit here you don't, and we try, want, you don't want to why, why are they doing this right because they don't want to because they're wild yeah. animals so who knows it's like um, dave owens that's what dave owens said why is a turkey being a turkey when we interviewed him he's just like they're gonna do what they want to do like when he was on that ridge man like i might my, my god i was just like I'm I and if, if you're a turkey hunter, you're gonna understand this because you've 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 been there like because they'll they'll hang up and you need them all they need to do if they take that first step, guarantee they're gonna take the rest of them. Yeah. But yeah. it's getting them to take that first step in the direction that you need them to come. And once they do that, 
done deal. Like you, you, you've won at that point. Just don't miss, you know? Right. And he just never, he never did that, man. I mean, this Turkey was a statue. I, that video I sent you, he was just standing there. That was crazy. never moved. That was crazy. So, well, and I don't know, man. It was just, it was, it was frustrating, but it was super cool. And I'm glad that Justin got to, to experience a good, uh, a real good Turkey hunt for his first, first go around. It's cool, man. Twice this, this season. Um, I've had, Two times this year, man, this this season, I've been able to see the moment that a new turkey hunter falls in love with turkey hunting. Guy from Colorado, Jason, yelped up a turkey for him that was super aggressive. And then and then my buddy Justin. And it's that moment where like they're really close. But they kind of, you know, they're not they're just they're just teasing you, but they're so close, like you can feel their gobble, man. Like you just wanna you just want them to walk out and get close to you and shoot them and put your hands on them and and it's just it just grabs them and they're like, Oh my god, I want to do this, you know, the rest of my life. And I, I I love seeing that, man. That's 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 been really really a neat experience for me. So that's awesome. Hopefully we that's can get awesome. that for you this Saturday. Well, we'll see and we'll give it a we'll give it a whirl. But uh so yeah, that is another note here is that the southern zone Sunday. Sunday's the last day. And then yeah. uh, Northern Counties uh, got till next Sunday. Southern Counties, this is the last week. So it came, it's gone. Uh, good luck to anybody getting out still. But now we're going to, let's see, who we got? We got Gage. So our uh, buddy Brian's son going to come on and tell us uh, his his turkey season so far. It, actually, there's some, some good comedy in there, uh, if you can use your imagination a little bit. And then we've got... Uh, Nick Moen on a different front going to talk to us a little bit about his uh, bass fishing uh, endeavors and all that kind of stuff. I feel yeah, like I'm couple, couple. Uh, I don't know, man. Couple, couple O2 podcast listeners coming on and, and doing a special report. We got some some folks that have reached out to us on Go Wild uh, that, that you know we'll have on the program at some point this summer. So love the support. Appreciate you guys listening, and leaving reviews, and. And uh, you know, finding us and go wild and Instagram and and uh, Twitter. So, absolutely, keep, keep it up, man. We 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 really like uh, we really like the communication uh, with you guys. So, I promise, I'm gonna months. I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this promise to you, to my wife, to my children, and to our listeners that after June 1st, I will not say the word wild turkey until fall turkey hunting. I promise. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, but yeah, Instagram the dot dot podcast. Uh, Twitter is at Ohio Hunt. Um, go wild! It's obviously uh, O two podcast. Our website is the O two podcast dot com. Tell your friends, leave reviews. We get some. We got some cool episodes coming up, man. Oh, we yeah. got some good interviews. We got some really neat stuff that uh, that's coming down. So, I think you guys are gonna like it. Yep. So. Cool. Well, Paul, have a good trip out there uh, heading to the Keystone State, and uh, we will talk to you next week. All right, man. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Take care, everybody. See you guys. Alrighty. So let's see here. We got Paul uh, and Brian and Gage. Gage, where'd Gage go? He's back. He's back. He's back. And the dog. Oh, jeez. Okay, maybe maybe we ought to get rid of the dogs. No, you're good. You're good. So, um, well, Gage, congratulations, man. 
Thank you. You've had you've had a very exciting turkey season, haven't you? You could say that. Yeah. How how old are you, Gage? Uh, thirteen years old. Thirteen. Very good. So I, I got the details on your uh, one maybe one of your first hunts there earlier in the year. Do we, do we want to start with that one or because uh, uh, it sounded like we could have uh, could have had some clown music going in the background, which is typical for my hunts. Don't worry, I'm not judging by any means, but it sounded it sounded quite uh, entertaining. Okay, so uh, we get back into our uh, blind and we hear a gobble fairly close it's the woods uh crossed into the left of us he comes down sometime later and then we see him walk out into the field with a hen hen takes off going down farther to the other woods then the tom cuts across into the woods that's right in front of us and then we're waiting and waiting. It comes, what, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock? Yeah, it had to have been around that, but you forgot the best part about what Dad forgot. Oh, Dad forgot his uh, turkey loads. Yeah, so I'm out there with the, just a shotgun. I'm going to I'm gonna <laughs> beat any turkey that comes walking within range. It's a threat. That's, so almost, it was, that's almost like foreshadowing to what was about to happen, huh? Exactly. I'm like, well, this thing's about worthless, so I knew Gage was going to be the one shooting. And when we had... Just to throw in, we had patterned this bird um, that day that this incident happened um, was the third day um, that we had hunted him, and we got him to do the exact same thing three days in a row. It's just the the other two days, he didn't want to come quite all the way in, so we changed up our decoy. Yeah, pattern. we had a Jake that we'd never had a good luck with, and we just took him out, and then that time came right to us, and... About nine o'clock or nine thirty, uh, Dad pops out of the blind just to do a little bit of mouth calling, and we don't hear this turkey gobble. He is like straight uh across from us, hundred yards, hundred, hundred and a quarter. Um, we get our stuff ready, shuffle back into the blind real quick, but. He's taking his time about 15, 20 minutes. He comes over here. And so he's making his way kind of from our left over to my right window. And we have a trespassing sign. And I'm trying to get him over to the right of that. He turns to the left right where I want him to. Turns facing straight at me. Lifts its head. I shoot it. How far away? 25. He wasn't 20 yards, probably. Really? Yeah. Okay. And then he does just the old noodle, just going in circles, trying to flap him. And then he takes off to the woods to our right. And then I, I'm, okay, so I shoot him again. And then another time, I'm just like trying to kind of sidearm it out the window. Let's clarify. You shot at him. At him, yeah. <laughs> We're not 100% sure. <laughs> yeah. You hit him. But the first, the first shot. And Andrew, I think you saw it on video, man. Yeah. That bird looking like it was done. Definitely, yeah. And I didn't know if it had a bulletproof vest on or <laughs> what, but man, it took off running. Okay, so Dad says, "Go get it, go get it." So I, the, our mistake was I left my gun with no shells in the blind, and I'm, I'm darting after this. And it was kind of warm that day, and I had mm. my thousand insulate boots on, so I, <laughs> I had them. 
to keep my feet cold or cooled off. And I have my boots still untied, chasing like a hundred, <laughs> like seventy-five yards after this turkey. Dad's in the woods. I'm on the tree line. Dad gets a side of him. I see him. I dart into the woods. I was doing the end around. <laughs> yeah, and, and like <laughs> to try to push him back to you. You're gonna, you're gonna go club him with your gun. Is that? Is that <laughs> he was. I think Gage had stopped. At one point in this mad dash chasing this freaking bird down to grab a hunk of wood. And I'm like, what are you doing? Let's just <laughs> So I get I get like two feet from him. I jump on him and then I grab his tail feathers. I try to go for his uh left foot. He kind of picks it up and then I I still have hold of his tail feathers. I have his entire fan just in multiple different feathers out in the garage right now. That was that was your trophy. Was <laughs> yeah. And then dad would have <coughs> that would have been right there, but he kind of fell like ten yards hey, away. Forty eight hundred year old hundred yard dash. <laughs> I, I ran team and I think my upper body got ahead of my feet and I just the best part I, was your was your Blair Witch like video of yeah. go 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 tackle him tackle him where we doing it's just it's just a camera that's just like floating and you're just seeing trees and, and you could tell that there's a lot of hustle going on but hey Gage yeah. it, it happens to the best of us man and some of us don't even get to shoot at birds so that's a plus but you turned around you shook that off right played a couple baseball games and then uh Tell us about I last just, weekend. So, oh, what was it? Well, we got up at 4 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, that was not a fun thing. I, I always wake up about 20 minutes earlier than Dad because I'm, I'm a little bit slower to get ready. So, I'm just – I'm up at like 3.40, 3.50. And then we, get, we go back there, and we heard a couple uh, – gobbles from that same woods that that original one was but they were a lot farther and then we have a bottom in the woods next to us to the left and we heard like one maybe two we had a, heard a couple of jakes too yeah the, then... the, for some reason it seemed like a lot of the, the turkey goblin didn't seem to be nearly as close and it was more humid that morning it was saturday morning and i don't know if even the goblin and even when they were out in the field close, you could see their neck stretch out and their head shake, and then you could hear this faint gobble. But I don't know. They they could have been a lot closer than what we thought, but yeah. there was there was a lot of gobbling going on that morning. All right. Six o'clock comes around, and then this hen. Where, where did that hen come from? I don't remember. She just came from our woods off to our right. She was probably no more than 30 yards when she popped out in the woods. Yeah, and then I'm like, and then he, she comes close. What are, what's our decoys at? 10 yards? Yeah, no, it's probably closer to 15 to 20, but she was well inside that. Yeah. And then she lost interest and then walked off. And then she went about halfway to the field, came back around to the corner. I, I was dying at, the, at that point. I had to take a piece so bad. <laughs> and then, I, so I get out of the, blind and i'm moving really slow because she's still like 50 yards away but yeah. she could still kind of yeah. see me guess she caught sight of me and took off into the woods and then it's 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 at that time of day where everything just dies and all the times are with all their hens for them so we 
took a nap. We took a nap. <laughs> uh, well deserved. And Perfect. then I wake up. I look around. No turkeys. I go back to sleep. I wake up. Look to the left. No turkey. Look to the right. That hen is still sitting there. And I looked back at that video. Uh, never mind. I'll, I'll come in. Later. Yeah, later. And then she um is just taking her time over to the corner of the woods that across from us. And then we just like, you know, it's all right. Ten minutes later, good gobble. And like me and dad look at each other. That has to be out in the field to the left. There there he is, um, really nice time just sitting out there on the uh sits out in the middle of the field. Yeah, and like hundred, just two hundred. Oh, he's yeah, he's probably two hundred yards out, just standing there, gobbling, looking for a girlfriend, and he stood there for fifteen. It was quite, it was quite a long time, and then he, and then that's that's when that other bird came from our yeah, right, which we thought was a Jake at first because it had the tiniest beard. But yeah, but it, it was a bearded hen. Yeah, I look, I checked back in the video that I took, and that was the same one because it okay. had a little bit of a. Because beard. I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Um, that hen is just slowly going over to that Tom. And then that Tom starts to pick up the pace coming over. He's about maybe 80 yards, 75 yards. Yeah. Were, you guys call, look, were you guys calling to him to try to get him to come in? You know, I, 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 we started calling initially when we found him out in that field, kind of standing there looking for a girlfriend. Um, and I think he responded a little bit. But what we started to hear, which was ironic, was another hen out at the corner. Well, and we heard a couple more times down to the south and maybe one back in behind us back in the woods. You know, we're, we're facing a field right on the edge of a woods in a, in a pop-up blind and everything out in front of us is nothing but field. And that's where that, that one time was located and that other hen was kind of moving towards that time. And as we called... Um, you'd hear them, but we stopped calling simply because we thought that hen was going to draw that time in. And and then, so, that time's at 80 yards, 70 yards. I look over my dad's shoulder, and we have a <laughs> big window open. Right in between where there's a little bit of an opening, I see this massive time, full strut, like, like. 70 yeah. yards it, yeah, he it was, was huge and that had to have been the one that we heard down to the south he must have popped out of the woods and he was coming too and all Came these all the- these times had their tail feathers attached yeah, yeah. We, we, we checked, yeah. We checked <laughs> that one again yeah that would have been not very uh, that would not have been a good time for him then he then the original turkey comes and then the hen kind of you know messing with them and keep them up, keeping them away from us. And the other time that was from our left is kind of coming from the tree line right where we were about 15 yards out. And then there was this like big, big brush pile and or something like that. And he would go about six inches, go back four. Yeah, he he, was, it was he was coming into our hen. We had a single hen decoy out. Um, and I think that's what might have helped us because we had two toms and one live hen out there and she was moving around. And I'm like, at first I thought that one hen was going to pull both toms away from us. 
But I think the one was trying to shack up with the original Tom. And that's where this other one, and he came in full strut, just like Gage said, maybe two inches, six inches at a time. He'd, and he'd puff up and do his deal. And then he'd kind of step back and Gage is just freaking the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And so he comes out and then he's still full strut. And then I'm, so my, uh, bipod is a little bit too short so instead of putting it in the like v or whatever i'm sitting it on the side on the top of on the top of it and then i'm just i'm just getting ready of shaking like there like it's an earthquake going on this is this would have been his first time so he was super excited about it yeah and then he gave me a perfect shot flattened him he didn't go anywhere well and there was there was a little discussion early in that event when the time was coming on whose gun he was actually going to shoot because we had patterned his gun and i'm like dude what whatever you did last time don't do that (laughs) but dad can i shoot your gun and like if you want but he he was a trooper and decided i'm jumping back on that horse and got his gun out and just normally you see a bird when they get shot they just flop like crazy this sucker, tur- t- I mean, dirt nap instantly. <laughs> cold and didn't hardly budge until I maybe you been. walked up on him. But he didn't hardly beat his wings at all. But and um, um how big uh, was it? I, how many how many pounds you guys weigh him out? Yeah, we, uh, he had to be at least 35, 40. <laughs> 70. We forget. We were in such a hurry that day. <laughs> We got him back because Gage had a one o'clock soccer, soccer game in Perrysburg. So we got him back. I opened my tailgate and went to butchering and, and just cut him up and literally threw it in the fridge and threw soccer gear on and we took off. So we didn't get a weight on it. We didn't get a length on it. That picture, hey, he looked massive. It was my beard, was, my my turkey's beard was longer than my dad's. I told him that's that's a never, win in my book. Never mind. To win him up. Competition. Yeah. I love it. Hey, Gage, that is that is a wonderful story. Uh, super pumped, man, for you to come back after having a, a tough uh, go around that, that other time. So uh, congratulations, man. Thank you. That's yeah. awesome. So I, I can't wait to share this to, to everybody. Gage, I'm smiling ear to ear, man, listening to you tell that story. So, Dad, I'm sure you were pretty happy, too. Happy, happy, happy. But any any. Yeah. any woods with my son is a great day absolutely that's right and that and that, that andrew shared the video with me that, that you guys sent not like at first like 10 seconds after after gage after you realize what just happened man that emotion i love it that's that's what hunting's about never never lose that so good yeah. stuff hey in the future i want to have a uh, another show with uh kids and, and getting kids in the outdoors so gage uh brian will you guys come back on for that one hell yeah, yeah. hell yeah. yeah awesome love to we'll bring all of our weird stories with us that sounds sounds great well hey man good luck with the soccer and the baseball the rest of the go here dad if you go out this weekend good luck uh and yeah we'll, we'll stay in touch for sure all right guys thank you good luck when you guys get out too yep. take care all right see you guys later Bye. all right we're here with nick moen of the outdoor boys uh nick's gonna talk to us give us a little update rundown of what he's got going on with uh with some bass fishing tournaments uh here in the region nick thanks for your time man thanks for coming on 
Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. So, Nick, give us, give listeners a quick rundown, uh, you know, who you are, where you live, and, and what you get yourself into. We don't, we don't need your address, but you can just ballpark it. Yeah, ballpark region. No, no, I got it. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, I live in uh, Tasco, Ohio. Um, I've been uh, fishing uh, tournaments for a few years now. Um, last year was my first year with the uh, uh, BFL, Phoenix Bass Series League, um, which are part of the uh, MLF. Um, and uh, this year, uh, I'm fishing with them again. Uh, I fish as a co-angler. Um, so, you know, uh, every tournament I go out there, <clears throat> I get put on a different boat for every tournament um, and just try to do my best and uh, learn everything I can while I'm out there. So is that is that kind of weird? Like, so, so do you guys just like hang out in the parking lot and wait for some guy to come up and be like, yeah, you can fish on my boat? Like, how, how's, how's that part work? Yeah, no. So I uh, sign up for the tournaments and um, everybody has to pre-register. So uh, the boaters pre-register and the uh, co-anglers pre-register. And uh, the day, the night before the tournament, um, we get paired up. Uh, co-angler gets paired up with a boater. You guys uh, call each other, link up, talk about maybe some of the things that you plan on doing so that you've got the right baits and stuff like that ready to go. Um, and then you meet up in the morning, uh, before, uh, before you do your, we're, we're our launch out in the morning, you know, our, our boat takeoff. Um, so we meet up, get on the boat and, uh, then we go from there, uh, just go out and fish. And, and I've had a few people ask me multiple times, you know, why don't you go out as a uh, boater? I, I did own a boat a few years ago. I tried that for a while and I liked it. But I really like going out as a co-angler because uh, it gives me the opportunity to talk to somebody that, in, in my opinion, most everybody out there knows a lot more than I do. So I go out there, I talk to them, figure out what they're doing right, you know, uh, and try and learn from what they're doing. So you did pretty good your first year on the on the circuit. So just give us give us give us a rundown of how you of how you did last year. You've got a one fish average which is i mean i fished like four or five tournaments in my life never caught a fish so <laughs> you're a lot better than i am so yeah um actually the funny thing is is like i said i've been doing this for a few years now and i think probably about three to four years running i've had a constant one fish average for every single tournament um so last year uh, when I fished uh, for the first time with uh, BFL, I maintained that one fish average. So every tournament I went out, I caught at least one fish. Um, I think there was one tournament last year I ended up catching two fish in. But uh, with that, it allowed me to qualify uh, high enough to make it to regionals last year, um, which was a blast. Uh, I got to go out and fish the Potomac, which I've been wanting to do for a long time. Um and, and that was fun out there. You know, I, I think I had more fun out there catching snakeheads than I did catching bass. <laughs> that's, that's pretty cool. So what, when is your first tournament with the, uh, the, the Phoenix boat league, right? Yeah. Phoenix boat series league, the BFL. So it's the BFL. Buckeye division. Yeah. Um, my first tournament is, uh, next Saturday, which would be the 21st. 
So is that like um, is is spawning activity like starting to peak at that time, or is it kind of tapering off? Um, yeah, we should be like right in the heart of it. Um, it really depends on the lake temperatures. Um, and that's one other thing that I don't keep up on as much as, uh, some of the boaters do. They'll go out a week in advance or something like that, or a couple of days in advance. They'll go out and, uh, uh, practice quite a bit. You know, I don't do a whole lot of practice, uh, because I never know where my boater is going to want to go. Um, I know some co-anglers go out there and they uh, try to tell their boaters, hey, let's go over here or let's go over there. Um, I'm pretty easy laid back. Uh, I just let the boater decide where he wants to go, and I figure out how to fish behind him. Um, I figure if I can do good fishing behind a, uh, a boater, not even knowing where he's going, then um, I can make it, you know, I, I can make it. You know, I can get, get there. Uh, one of these days, you know, here in the next year or two, maybe it'll be this year. Um, I end up doing really good and uh, win myself a boat and then I won't be able to be a co-angler anymore. Then I have to start uh, taking my own boat out there. Be your own captain, huh? Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a boat right down the street from me. It's only like three or four houses away. Uh, Paul, we might need to look at that by the way. Uh, but Hey Nick. So last week I was out camping at a quarry that, uh, you know, I, I paid, whatever 10 bucks for a fishing license it wasn't a license obviously it was just the ability to fish on their private lake mm-hmm. um i throw some i threw just about everything in my tackle box into the water i didn't catch anything what i mean i think i think it should have been a good time for bass or whatever like what kind of what kind of strategy are you looking for when it comes to uh trying to catch something when you when you go out on the water like, uh, I guess, I guess, how do you come up with that kind of stuff? I, I know what to look for when I'm looking for deer, right? I'm looking for rubs, scrapes, trails, all that kind of stuff. But I, don't, I have no idea when it comes to, to, to fish. Right. Yeah, no, I get that. Um, so me personally, I go out first thing I want to pay attention to is like the, uh, the water temperatures. Um, I know that if it's a, a bit cooler, uh, then I'm going to have to maybe slow down my, uh, uh, my retrieve when I cast out, uh, and a lot of times, especially this time of year, I'm going to throw a spinner bait or a chatter bait, and I'm going to bring that back to me, um, quite a bit. And you really, I'm using that as a search bait. I'm trying to find something trying to find, well, first off, I'm trying to find fish, but, uh, if I can find some grass or some laydowns, um, you know, some structure down there at the bottom where I, I may get caught up or I may hit bounce off of, if I see that and I know that the water temperature is just a little cooler, um, I may then go and throw, say, a, a wacky worm or a um, a, um, a Texas rig, um, um, shoot, a crawl or something like that down there and uh, try and entice them into biting. Um, right now they should be close enough or at least right into the spawn to where they're going to hit pretty much anything coming in front of their face. So I, I really will search the water and search and search and search and try and find out where they are. And hopefully early in the morning, you know, within the first hour or so I pinpoint that and I know what they're hitting and then I can use that and maybe tweak it as the day goes on. The water warms up a little bit, but I'll, I'll use that strategy throughout the day and try and catch multiple fish. I don't know how well that's worked for me in the past. Remember, I only have a one fish average, but 
that sounds good to me. I don't I don't know what one fish average means, so that sounds good, right? It um, means that he's better than us. Yeah, that's what that's, that's what it means. That doesn't say a lot. But <laughs> uh so how many times are you throwing out something in order to figure out if they're into that or not? Is it a dozen casts? Is it is it two hours? Oh man, I I could throw, I could throw for five minutes. If it doesn't feel right, I'll switch it up to something else. Now, you got to understand, I have six rigged rods with me on the boat. I didn't even so, own six and all rods. six of them, all six of them have something different on it. Um, so I could switch up immediately. Uh, when I'm switching, I'm not taking a whole lot of time. I've already got something else rigged up that I want to try. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if it's if it's the right situation, I've got the right cover or the right structures around, I may throw, say, a, uh, a chatterbait. I may throw that for two, three hours without even getting a strike on it just because I know that something should be there and is going to hit that. Now, I may change up the way I throw it. I may retrieve it slow. I may retrieve it fast. It depends on what uh, it, I feel like they're doing. Um, and that's where really getting a hit or getting a, a strike on that bait early in the morning um, really helps helps me start to uh, tune in what they're doing. At least it, at least that's like I said. That's what what I believe. That's way I, the way I'm way I'm doing it. I like it. I'm gonna. I always just like fish that. I'm like, this is it. This is the bait that's gonna work. And I'm just. <laughs> it's like I fish all day. I'm what? Like, nope. One time, bite it. One time I had really really good success with a rooster tail, so. I always think that that is like the one I have to ask. So I've got like three sizes and I'll try them all and then I'll go on to something. Go to that's the go to bait. Yeah. So. Dude, I, I totally understand. I've got, uh, I've had a ton of success with the wacky rig. So, um, I will tell you a little short story here. Uh, a couple years ago, I went down to the, um, uh, the finals down at, uh, old Hickory in Tennessee um, that was a three-day tournament. I spent um, three days prior to that tournament practicing, and I was just nailing fish left and right during practice on a spinnerbait. So first two days of the tournament, I get out there, and I'm using nothing but the spinnerbait. I didn't catch a single fish. Last day of the tournament, I go out. This guy that I was fishing with, he, he actually was leading. Uh, I think he was in fifth place in the tournament. And he's like, here, throw one of these. Uh, you know, he starts having me throw this uh, square bill um, uh, crankbait. And he's catching fish. I actually did catch two or three. Hey, hi, Cat. <laughs> Sorry Cat, about that. Cat made an appearance on the podcast here. Can you still hear me? Oh, yeah. No, yeah, we can hear it. All right. So he he's catching two or three. And I'm, or I caught two or three, but they were all small. Um uh, we, we were heading back so that he could weigh his fish. I thought, man, this three-day tournament, I didn't even catch a single fish. I pull out my wacky rig, the one that I always go to. Uh, we stop at this little island right before the boat ramp. I throw it in right next to this stump laying on the ground, and there I go. I get, I think it was a, like a two-pounder. I, I finally got the weigh of fish. I knew I wasn't winning anything, but it just took that off of me. Like, finally, I get the weigh of fish. That's awesome, man. Old, old, reliable. So, so you've got, so you've got what? How many, how many tournaments do you have scheduled this summer? So I have uh, four scheduled tournaments. Um, that would be uh, for the BF, the BFL. 
Um, I did just fish, fish a tournament a couple weeks ago. Um, I called it my tune-up tournament. It was a local one. I didn't too, do too bad. Stuck to my one fish average. But, um, you know, at, out of those four tournaments, uh, I'll, I'll be fishing Indian Lake uh, here in May. <clears throat> then I'm fishing Tanner's Creek twice. And then I'm fishing Maysville once. And then we're going up to um, Mosquito Lake. Uh, that's a two-day final. Um, and assuming I uh, keep my averages up or uh, even improve, I qualify for regionals this year, then I'll be going over to the James River over in Virginia. I will. I am really looking forward to that. That'll be that'll be fun. So Nick's going to give us a weekly rundown, uh, well, tournament rundown, I guess, of how – how the tournament did, what uh, what was working, what wasn't. So I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I think that O2 podcast logo on your fishing jersey that that's worth a three fish average. That's what I'm calling, dude. It. You're you're that's, good. That's what I'm saying, man. They're gonna see that and jump out, jump into the. That's boat. it. They're like, I want to get caught by that guy. <laughs> so hey guys, I do want to thank my sponsors, man. Yeah, do if it, you don't man. mind. Yeah, no, not um, all go. Uh, especially you guys. Uh, thanks for. Uh, uh, sponsoring me this year, no helping problem. me out, you know, trying to get my name out there a little bit. Um, uh, I want to thank, uh, Gibson insurance agency for, you know, taking care of all my insurance needs. Uh, I had a boat, they insured that, you know, they insure my, uh, my truck gets me to, to and from places. And, uh, you know, these tournaments are away from home. So I got to take my trailer out there too. I go camping on every tournament. So, uh, thanks Gary for that. Um, I got a couple new sponsors this year. You know, we've got the uh, uh, Go Wild sponsoring me this year. I'm having a blast with Go Wild. I encourage everybody to sign up. We love those guys. Yeah, the best. Oh, yeah. Those guys are awesome, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Um, I got Thompson Custom Lures. That guy's sending me some uh, decent lures to try out this year. I know he makes some pretty good uh, spinner baits, so I'll be throwing those a lot. Um, A&I Truck Parts. I got to thank those guys because uh, they're the ones that put the wheels on my truck and it's looking pretty sharp. Yeah, it is. They're right here in Tascal. I like those guys. Good yeah, stuff. they are. Yeah. You, yeah. you've checked them out, right? Yep. Good, good stuff. So Nick, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for the rundown. We look forward to the updates where, uh, where can people find you out on social media? Uh, well, you can find me on go wild. Uh, just look for me on there. Um, you could find me on uh, Facebook. Look for my name, uh, Nick Moen, or uh, you could also look for uh, the Outdoor Boys. You'll find uh, uh, Outdoor Boys on uh, Facebook. Go ahead. Moen is M-O-W-E-N, right? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, Outdoor Boys on Facebook, cool cool group, so so check them out. Nick, thanks for your time, man. We'll uh, we'll catch up with you here, here in a couple weeks. Look forward to, uh, to hearing about your uh, – three fish average good luck sir good luck that that is what i'm looking for thanks guys take care dude